0: Nothing changes instantaneously. In a gradually heating bathtub, you'd be boiled to death before you knew it. Our Father, who art in heaven. Seriously? What the actual fuck?
1: Gilead doesn't care about children. Gilead cares about power.
0: Why does healing have to be the only goal? Why can't we be as furious as we feel? Whatever man sows, so shall he reap.
2: Welcome to Above the Garage. Hi friends, today we have yet another handmade tale Emmy winner, production designer Elizabeth Williams here to chat with us. Thank you and welcome Elizabeth. Thank you. Good morning. I'm super excited to learn about your piece of the puzzle. I love the sets on the show so much. And yeah, and right now you're working on Fargo season five, right?
3: I am. I just came in actually for for one episode or one block. Um, the production designer who they hired was ill. And so um, since I'd worked on the show before, it was, a, it was a no-brainer for them to call me in just to kind of take over for a little while.
2: That's so fun.
3: Yeah, it is really fun. It was nice to see... Uh, it was nice to see the gang again. It's all the same people. And uh, it's like, yeah, it's like coming home for a little bit.
2: Oh, I love that.
3: Yeah. It's really nice.
2: I was going to ask one of my questions. I was going to ask like, how in the world can you do Fargo and Handmaid's Tale? And it somehow works out like timing wise. Yeah. Well, that's a really
3: good question because uh, they had asked me to do Fargo this season um, since I had done I would have worked on season two and season three, but, um, you know, I, I am from Montreal and, and I have kids there. And so I'd already spent, uh, nine, 10 months in Toronto. Yeah. Mm. Granted, I do go home on a regular basis to see my children, but, but it's, it is a a long time away from home and away from being a a mom. And so coming here to Alberta for another seven months or eight months, that was, that was Mm. too much. Um, Yeah, yeah, it is. It is hard. It's hard to work on, you know, good Emmy Award winning shows that don't shoot in your city. Right. You know, yeah.
2: It's such a cool job, but you obviously have to pay for it in a lot of ways. How old are your kids? Well, my kids are twenty and seventeen
3: now. Which oh, you've done it. You've
2: gotten them. Yeah,
3: they're you know they're they're older now. But um, the first time I left home uh, was in two thousand fourteen, so they were whatever that makes them nine and twelve. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it it was a family sacrifice I'd say to work from home it was a choice that was difficult to make like personally psychologically and emotionally but career-wise it was the it was definitely the best the best thing to do and you know it was also for the family actually because in the end we we benefit all all of us benefit from it
2: right definitely did you before that were you working just in montreal on on shows
3: or yeah exclusively in montreal so that's where i'm from i started on uh, on shows in montreal i forget 1998, i think and worked my way up from you know from doing some um clearance work first and then some coordination work on in the art department and uh slowly made my way to where i am today to the top to the emmys
2: Um, so wait, clearance work is clearance work. I don't know, like license plates and driver's license and things.
3: Yeah, it's that. But it's more than that. And, and um, today, it basically, we need to obtain the right to shoot any um, trademark or artwork oh wow that's a lot yeah that yeah, it is a big big job um well, you know there's a bit of detective work in there and then there's a bit yeah. of, of uh diplomacy and there's all sorts of different um <laughs> yeah there's all sorts of different uh qualities that you acquire actually when you do that
2: let must be quite a skill set you yeah. came out of that job with you develop yeah
3: exactly and and actually speaking of skill sets I feel like you know working my way from you know being an assistant to being the production designer, you also develop a certain amount of skill sets and I think it's benefited me quite well
1: yeah yeah
2: how does the art department work with the production design obviously you could go I'm sure you could talk for like hours about that (laughs) but just like basically I, I don't I would like to know how they interlock the
3: art department is 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 big it's like this big machine I consider um all creative Basically, sub departments part of the art department. And that'll include, of course, set deck, of course, construction, paint, of course. That's that's a given. The set designer is the graphic artist. Um, that's an obvious thing. But there's also picture cars. Hmm. Very often, we 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 deal really closely with special effects because we do have to coordinate um, a lot of their work with our our work integrated in some of our set pieces, etc. Uh, The Greens department also is is under the umbrella of the production design and the locations department. So all the people who find the different locations that we're going to shoot in, that's also under the umbrella of production design.
1: So it sounds like you work with everyone. So big, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
3: we do. I mean, the Art Department, yeah, 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 we do. I mean, I I feel like the most pivotal um, job let's say in pre-production, like in, in preparing the set is the art director, um, not me, the art director who, who, who basically is like the pivot, everything and everyone derives their information or from the art director. It's that's a big, big job.
2: Is that Martha Sparrow or was that a previous?
3: Yep. Okay. So in seasons two, three and four, Martha Sparrow was there. um, And in seasons four and then five larry spittle was with me and uh yeah it's they're both excellent at their jobs
2: yeah i think she went to shining girls with lizzie
0: she did exactly okay
3: yeah so martha went to to shining girls she'd also went she she went in on fargo four to to help out as well that was in chicago Hmm. Um and so Shining Girls is also in Chicago. Ah,
2: she's Chicago. And so
3: yeah, so she's developed um a world there for herself. But she came <laughs> here. She's here with me actually. She's leaving back for Chicago today. So oh, really? she and I came together, yeah, as a team to that's awesome. To do this job in uh yeah, in Alberta. Yeah. She's uh, great.
2: I love the uh I didn't realize the cross between Fargo. Yeah and handmaids until I was looking at Warren, right?
3: Warren exactly. Warren Littlefield is uh our, you know, our mentor, actually Martha's and mine and uh yeah, he he basically, I don't know, he doesn't run but he's the he's the big umbrella. Right,
1: right.
2: Yeah. yeah. We've only heard wonderful things about Warren.
1: Yes.
3: Oh, he's beautiful.
1: Well, I guess get into handmaids a bit. Um yes. one of my favorite sets this, well, new sets this year, was the Wheeler House.
3: Yes.
1: And I'd love just for you to talk, like, your inspiration behind it. Obviously, it was such a grand house and, you know, they had such some great furniture and paintings around, so... Mm -hmm yeah i'd love to know your inspiration behind the house
3: well so the inspiration behind that house is i th- and i think it reads what reads on screen is that we were trying to create um a bit of a serena joy mini me in in mrs wheeler mm-hmm. it worked <laughs> exactly so so the wheelers are converts should we say and they <laughs> you know they, they do uh, adhere to most of the gilead values of course they remain you know, Canadian. And so they do, you know, they have, you know, it's, it's a bit more liberal, shall we say, but in essence um, they, they have the values. And so of course we, we, we learn to, uh, basically we meet and we discover Mrs. Wheeler as, <laughs> as, as this little, <laughs> because she's so beautiful and she's so petite and she's so lovely. And at first, you know, you discover this, this, this wonderful little, fairy and she's this evil, evil, wicked, Mm-hmm. and and it's it's lovely because there is definitely a parallel between her and Serena and what we discovered in yeah. seasons 1 and 2 about Serena and so you know for Serena to be confronted to that it was it was uh, I think it was it was genius on the part of the yeah. you know, the mm-hmm. creators so yeah so the house is a bit of a mirror of the of the Waterford house uh in the first seasons and she's a mirror mm-hmm. of Serena and you know the paintings and the furniture and all of that is also to show, well, their wealth and, you know, their, their, yeah, their wealth and their status in in the community. Mm -hmm.
2: How hard was it to find the house? Were you involved in finding the house?
3: yes exactly so so we i mean we've been shooting in toronto right for five years so we do have knowledge of toronto and the the environing cities and and there aren't that the the look our locations team is excellent they have years and years of experience so they're actually in that size house Um, There were there were certain elements that were essential, like we needed, you know, some grounds around the house, we needed uh, a gate, we needed a drive up. So there's all sorts of elements that are in the story that we uh-huh. that we look for when we we start um, scouting locations. And this one had most of what we needed. And then we built what was missing. So for example, uh-huh. we built the gate, um, there was no gate. Oh, the cool. And also we we dressed uh, our greens department dressed a lot of the property because there weren't enough of the the garden looks that the that the mm-hmm. house required and the, mm-hmm. the the script asked for. So, so we adapted this house to to our needs, but. You know, things like the staircase were. Yeah,
2: that's amazing. Um,
3: exactly. So we all come to the house, we see the staircase and it's like, well, that's it. That's right? a huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huge. We had considered building that house in the studio because hmm. it's, I, I forget which town it is in, but it's quite far from Toronto. So it, it's quite a drive. It's a drive for the art department and it's a, mm-hmm. I believe it's an overnight for the crew. So that's, it's, that's an expensive mm. choice for production, oftentimes less expensive to build. The house in the studio, but the production value of being able to see outside the windows and not have yeah. you know backdrops, and in the end, it was worth it uh for production yeah. to shoot in this house. And you know, yeah. some of these houses, try as you might, you know, there's there's a history and there's a depth to the woodwork and you know the
1: yeah.
3: the ceilings and and that try as you might, doing it in the studio, you get close, but you know, locations are extraordinary when they
2: work for us. Yes. That one was great. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite set this season was, I realized my favorite set, they're outdoors. Like season four at Esther's farm with like the fog. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, wait, I really love the bridge. I think I just like fog. Do you create yeah. the fog or do you just really get lucky? No, we create the fog. Well, I you- so. <laughs> depends at the farm
3: um in season four we got lucky most of the time um really? that's beautiful that was when we we were interrupted by covid yeah. so the first scenes when she arrives in the winter those were shot in february i think it was or just march i forget right when we when shut down. down i think it was yeah. mid-march yeah so we did we had 2 weeks of shooting before the shutdown and those are mm. seeds are beautiful when they come out of the woods and they're oh like my God, no I love them. and it's yeah so when you shoot in in that area in in and around toronto at that, at that time of year, the night, of course, the nights are really cold. And as you know, as the day comes, it warms. And so there's this beautiful fog that that raises just naturally from the, so, you know, our, our directors and our DPs, and obviously we, we just, they jump on the opportunity. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, so that's great. And then we augment um, with special effects when, when we can't get it, you know, things like, I'm not sure, but I think like on the bridges, for example, we'll, we'll, we'll create the fog or the the train. I think we created some fog, you know, there are circumstances where it's easier to create fog mm-hmm. and, and others where it's just difficult and we live without.
1: Yeah. 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 Talking about the train, since you just mentioned it, that was oh my uh, God, the train that seemed to we've seen a few BTS pictures of that and that seemed like a pretty big undertaking. Yeah, it was a huge endeavor.
3: We built the, of course, we built the interior, which is probably obvious Um, by using a, a milk truck, like those big oh. huge milk um, transporters. Mm. So was it a milk truck? No, it wasn't a milk. We, we had the milk in the show. No, it was one of those big, um, not propane, like those big trucks the, I don't know what they're tanker
4: what they, tanker truck. Yeah, right.
3: those tanker trucks that transport liquids. And we we basically cut the top off mm-hmm. and created our interior in that truck. It was that was quite um extraordinary. I could post some because you guys are on Instagram, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yes, I could post please.
3: some pictures actually if that's interesting. Yeah, we have pictures of I have pictures of the making of the the milk train. And then yeah, and then we built the exterior portion, of course, on a um train car bed and we attached mm-hmm. the other yeah, the other train pieces too and had that that was so- it was it was a big 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 endeavor. It
2: was great. Yeah. It's so interesting. I don't know. Your job has like so many different facets let's do a train. Let's build a train. (laughs) So many classes. And this particular show
3: has been for me has been really, really um, great in terms of a learning experience, really, just as much as as because, you know, though I've been on the same show, I keep every year I keep thinking I should move on to something else just for like, you know, for diversity or or for Mm -hmm. creativity and you know try something else but actually every season is so different and even every episode is different you know on this show we've done a boat we've done a train we've done uh you know prisons we've done just so so many different things right a barn yeah Mm -hmm. they're gonna need a plane
2: if they want to get that train to hawaii too so they're yeah, exactly. <laughs> this train. Yeah, that's right. We built this train as well. There's lots of trains. Lots of trains. Oh my god, that's so cool. And planes.
1: Oh yeah, planes. Oh, there was a plane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Plane. yeah.
2: Yeah, and you you build a lot of scaffolding more than the average production designer probably. We do. <laughs> we do.
1: I think you were just about to mention it, but did you were you about to say the barn was your favorite?
3: The barn is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. that
1: was one of my favorite. It was just beautiful. Yeah.
3: yeah. It was my favorite episode. Um, I think visually.
1: Mm-hmm. And though yeah. there
3: were fewer sets, they were they were visually, I find quite stunning. Yes. And uh yeah, the barn was extraordinary. I mean, we built the exterior of the barn. Oh wow. And then we built the interior of the barn in the studio. And so Ooh. The seamlessness um, yeah, in the you can't tell. that Natalia and, and Stuart Campbell uh, shot that is is amazing. Yeah, I'm really, really proud of that.
4: Yeah, in cases like that, I guess you're doing a lot of work with the lighting, too, because that, the lighting in that scene was really stunning. Really stunning.
3: Um, Yes, there's a lot of coordination with the lighting as to, for example, you know, the the, the, the space between the wood slats, the, right. um, the various not- holes in the in the wood Mm -hmm. to make sure beams of light come into the right place yes exactly there was a lot of work with them um there's a lot of coordination with the greens department because you know we we sense um moving branches Uh, we see them when we're outside and then when we're inside we don't but we need to feel them outside the studio set there's coordination. I mean, we did there, you know, some of the things that we, we do don't even make it to the screen uh, for Mm -hmm. various editing reasons and, and, and stuff like that. But, you know, they, we had coordination with stunts because um, we actually, I don't even remember if we see them, but they're holes in the, in the floor of the barn, you know, where the wood has rotten and caved in. And so we have dirt coming out and to make sure that Lizzie and Yvonne didn't trip and all of that. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, you know, that's one of those sets where everybody is involved in. Yeah.
4: Yeah. That's awesome. We spoke to, I think it was when we were speaking to Leslie costume designer, Leslie, and she mentioned it just made me think about color a lot because obviously she does a lot of stuff with the color of the the outfits in Gilead and, and otherwise, but do you, are there any colors that you kind of, try to use in your work specifically on handmaids to give it the look that it has or avoid using for instance like the red I know is is very specific to handmaids
3: exactly yes there definitely is um obviously the teals are are an important choice there is a lot of teal and all (laughs) of you know every single variation um in the show First of all, it's a great contrast with the red. So, especially mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. you know when June was a handmaid, or when we see handmaids, it's you know it's a perfect match. So we do use a lot of teal. We try in in the Toronto sets to be more eclectic in our choices. Um, we wanted to contrast the Toronto sets to the uh, to the Gilead sets um, and it try to stay away in from that austere look by, by mixing colors a little bit more, um, all the while keeping that general tone, right? That general handmaid's tale feel and, and there, I mean, the LUT on the camera, which don't ask me to explain, you're going to have to interview a, a DP <laughs> for that, but there's, there's a, basically the LUT is, I guess this, it's like this formula where they remove certain hues or certain colors from the, from their thing. Mm. That's all I get okay. <laughs> where we, where we, yeah. So, the, so the LUT on the camera affects the colors on the screen. Right. Um, and then they, in addition to that, they play the, with the color grading in post, they do additional modifications but um yeah there are no colors I'd say other than the red that we stay away from no I don't think so I think it's more I think the choices are combinations of colors rather than elimination of colors
2: you know yeah I really like this dark whiteness this season against the teal in you know say the hospital well yeah the hospital as well as the child the sad yes exactly Right. I love
3: that. Yeah, we have, for example, we have these, not these rules, I guess, but in Gilead, all of the, let's say, medical or institutions are as sterile as possible.
0: Very sterile.
3: Especially anything to do with handmaids or with children. And so yeah, the white, uh, of course, and it's great to have DPs that are happy to embrace white because it's not, I think it's, it's harder to light, you know, DPs don't really like white, but in this show, um, it's it's been great, right? And we we even make sure to have like really reflective flooring and and all sorts of reflective walls and a lot of glass and and um, it really has a it's an impressive effect. I'd say, yeah.
2: yeah, it's very striking.
4: They have that like that look where the wall and the ceiling it all blends together. Mm -hmm. And it just looks like almost like a dream or something. Like it's just very, yeah, that's really cool. That's a great effect.
2: Reminds me of an insane asylum, but
4: yeah, (laughs) a little bit.
2: There's that. (laughs) We learned from Leslie that DPs don't like white because she said they didn't want the white dress. Uh, Nick didn't want the white dress on Lizzie. Nobody wanted the white dress, but Leslie (laughs) got the white dress. Nobody
4: wanted the
3: white dress.
2: (laughs) It's so reflective,
4: right? Is that part of the reason?
3: Well, you know, there's something about, it being difficult to light in contrast with darkness i think so sometimes i don't understand why i have to be honest it's always a thing and it's funny because production designers do love the white because it's actually really impressive and then dps don't like the white and so there's there's (laughs) a bit of a conflict sometimes yeah but um I think mainly when Lizzie was wearing the white dress and they went to the ballet, the fact that they had to basically put a lot of light on her and obscure the, the, the the surroundings. Yeah. yeah, I think that may, may be a difficulty, a technical difficulty that I I see, but I don't understand. Like, I don't understand.
4: That makes sense.
3: Yeah. I've, I'm, my plan in, in life is to go actually uh, via the union and take a a course in lighting Mm. because it's, you know, we learn things um, as we work and we we exchange with the dps things to do and not to do and and you know you you learn what to do and what not to do but you don't really understand why and that's mm-hmm. the part that's um i i have to figure out what course to go take and i was talking to our <laughs> guest for um tom henderson Who actually did some of the lighting. I don't know if you've ever spoken to him. He's wonderful. He did some of the lighting in the barn because I'm I'm jumping all over the place. But because of COVID, we had some, we needed to pause uh, twice, I think, during the shoot. And Mm -hmm. so our DP, Stuart Campbell, was already due to leave and to go work on another show. Mm -hmm. So the, the three days of the interior barn shoot, he was gone. Unfortunately, yeah. oh, okay. so, but but I mean Tom. Tom is fabulous. Yeah, Tom feels on amazing. The show since day one, so he uh, yeah, he did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I've been talking to him about what course to take.
2: Yeah. Oh, cool. That's great, yeah. though. It's nice that you're seeking to understand the other departments. Yeah, you know. because you know, yeah, so that we don't disagree. Right. <laughs> but you accept that it's true, but I like that you you'd like to know the why of it as well. I just
3: want to know. Yeah, I want to be able to experience it for myself.
2: Yeah. To, own it. I love that. Yeah. Speaking of the ballet and funeral, oh my God, like, well done. Thank you. That's insane. I don't know how you began that project. That's amazing. Even.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, the ballet, the, the ballet experience was amazing. Um, none of us had ever worked on a, on a ballet.
2: Ballet. <laughs> yeah. Let's do a ballet. <laughs> I had never, exactly.
3: Let's do ballet. Okay. None of us had ever, I mean, yeah, none of us had even ever done, you know, theater or so I've never worked on theater stage and the DP hadn't and Lizzie hadn't and no one had. Um, And so we discovered this together and it was really, really fun um, and challenging and scary and, um you know in the art department we built this little maquette to try to understand like sizes and Mm -hmm. and and lighting and you know the drapery and all of that so it was um it was a wonderful experience it really was it was beautiful
4: well done did you work with anybody in theater like to do that
3: well yes well yes and no I there's a um, member of our department Adriana Bogard who Maybe Leslie Cavanaugh spoke about her because she's uh, she did some of the drawings for some of the concept work. For oh, Leslie. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Adriana comes from a theater background and she has worked um, in the past on plays. She, so she had like a basic understanding and she was able to, you know, to guide and and help. Um, so that was really great. And actually, we made her art director of that of that particular set. and she kind mm-hmm. of you know took it on and um and yeah, ran with it. It was great.
4: Yeah, that was that's awesome. so this the stage yeah. was a set then, the stage no, the scene, stage or... was in a real theater. Okay yeah, okay. yeah, yeah,
3: it was a real theater that we that we rented. We put down a dance floor. We, we you know, we built those um the lights in the front of the stage. We just had to there's it seems simple. And yet it's not, it's not. Yeah,
4: it doesn't, take to us, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And, yeah.
3: and, and plus, we, done, we didn't have access to the stage, as you know, we had to do it all from afar, Um, and then we came in, I think it was, we had three days, uh, from the moment we accessed the location and the filming, it was, it was like, I think it was, yeah, it was three days and ballerina came up from, from New York. They did their, you know, rehearsals. We had a dress rehearsal with the lighting, uh, the night before. And then, and then we shot, it was really exciting. It was wild. I feel like you're just kids sitting around like, Ooh, let's try something new.
2: Let's do a ballet now. It
3: was, it was really (laughs) great because also like on the day and the morning of that shoot, I stayed you know for a couple of hours um and uh the whole crew was sitting in the in the audience yeah they had you know they had a background in the in the first I don't know six rows I think um because they were shooting on the first day they were shooting all the close-ups and then all the crew were sitting in the background with the music and the ballet and it was awesome it was a real treat it was nice it's really nice
1: yeah was it fun creating the huge spectacle of the Gilead funeral I mean we've seen a funeral before but it definitely wasn't like that
3: (laughs) no this was uh yeah this was a stately affair it was it was really great we did a lot of illustrations for that to make sure that Mm -hmm. we had you know that grandeur um we did a lot of research which, which again, now that it's aired, I can post some of the work that we've done. Yes, I
2: love that.
3: And there again, a lot of pre-visualization with the uh, vis-, vis effects department of mm-hmm. what it looked like, of how mm-hmm. many bystanders we needed, then you know, t- to make it look important. You know, it was there was the COVID factor uh, still. So we couldn't have a thousand extras the way we wanted. Mm -hmm. And there's the financial factor, right, Mm -hmm. which is actually doubled or or even more because of COVID, you know, having a thousand extras and seating them in a support space six feet apart, you need a gigantic stadium, you know. (laughs) And so it was really, it's really tough for production actually to function in, financially in the, in this uh, context. So what was decided is we would have fewer extras, of course, and then they would be doubled or multiplied in visual effects.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
3: That's what we did yeah mm, very smart to ensure that that the, the the audience can't tell you have to have a certain amount of people
2: mm-hmm. real people
3: if not you start to recognize the you know the different physical aspects
2: That was taken to an extreme in season four in Chicago, right? It looks like there were a ton of people well done, but I don't, I don't remember what the cap was back then, like 12 or something. I think, yeah, I think it was, yeah, 12 or 15
3: people when they, when they pushed down the the fences, yeah, to get on the boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was such a shame because, you know, we actually changed the story to accommodate for that because when we, not the story so much as the, the setup, because when we started working on this, the number of people that we were allowed to have kept changing so when we started we were supposed to have a really busy camp with a whole bunch of you know a whole bunch of sick people and and you know it was supposed to be like really really dramatic and then when we were no longer allowed to do that we're only allowed to have 12 or 15 extras basically we had the camp that was already closed down and getting ready to ship so
2: Hmm. we were
3: able to to change the not the story but the timing in the story to make that um yeah make that work
2: yeah quite a challenge
4: it sure is we we also really love the the look of the you said the word camp and it reminded me the mayday camp yeah Yeah, yeah. from from season five so good that that was really really cool to see that um totally different location That was one of my favorite parts yeah
3: well that was yeah that was really cool it's this beautiful location a private property actually of this this woman who it's just gorgeous, it's gorgeous. She has this old ancient cedar forest. Um, mm, and, yeah. uh the cabin itself that, that, uh, where they have their, you know, their QG is, uh, was there, it was made the second floor we built in the studio.
4: Mm. Oh, the, I think I saw a picture on your Instagram of the kind of like the, the arch, the yeah, roof, like a
3: thatched roof. exactly. Yeah. And and the women are sewing um things awesome, into yeah. the hems of the, yeah, exactly. So that was in the studio. And I think in the end, I don't see as much of the camp, the campsite as as we had built, but mm-hmm. all the the lean tos and the um the different areas where the women lived in the woods. And we we had a few of those. It was oh wow. It was a great, it was a great set. It was really fun.
4: Yeah, even just the cabin itself, with the you know, the wall of the photos that they had of the, yeah. the women they would rescued, and yeah. that was really. Fun. Yeah, that's really.
3: Yeah, that's a that's a wonderful job uh, from the graphics. Our graphics team. One of the things that we did because we we knew this was coming is that when we shot the funeral, we sent someone to set to photograph the two hundred X we had. Yeah. yeah so so. So check this out. So this, that was in episode two and the camp was in episode four, I think is the first time we see it. I'm not.
4: I think it's three. Yeah. but yeah. Oh, it's yeah, three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: So anyway, so we did the, we did the funeral. We sent hair and makeup, costumes and a photographer to Brantford, which is um, an hour and a half away from Toronto. And so in the support room, we had all the extras, the women redressed, you know, makeup and hair. And photographed on different mm. backgrounds because and then on the camp, I don't think you see it, but on the camp, we had set up a string with the fabric in front of which they're taken, you know, and we had changed it oh. because it was like weeks later. Anyway, we have
4: that is <laughs> so cool cool. <laughs> anyway, such a resourceful idea. Yeah, that's such a
1: cool idea.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. We tried it, we try our best. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, you've got to think about these things. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and then on the other wall, which is the the wall of the people who've disappeared, who've never been found, we a lot of that is from like iStock. Oh yeah, most of most of it is from iStock, and then our graphics people put different backgrounds and and all of that. Yeah, it's a big job.
4: Yeah, just talking to some of the crew, we've just learned how much how much is being done simultaneously, like yeah. over the over several episodes at once, which is yes. Yeah. Mind blowing, kind of, that you're working on like sets from an episode that's coming down the road, but then you're also doing something from the current episode, and that's just
3: one that we just finished. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a
4: lot to keep in your head. It
3: is. It is. Like costumes, art department, definitely. We basically have like three blocks on the go at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot. Three directors, uh, two DPs, you Mm -hmm. know.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when do you start? So they started filming in February. When, when do you start
3: your, I start about three months, I'd say three months before, uh, 12 weeks. Yeah. Depending on how, how much of a standing set situation we've got. So in season, in season three, I think we got 10 weeks because we were still going to start the show in the Waterford house and mm. it was already standing in studio. Right. So, you know, it, for us, it, it really helps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But then in seasons four and five, there was, you know, we started from scratch. So it, we got 12 okay. weeks.
1: Yeah.
2: I really liked the upside down American flag, by the way. On well, the main day Yeah. AK. That was really cool.
3: It was really cool. Yeah.
2: And seeing it. it first in the teaser, the teaser was really, really good. And there was a great shot. It's
3: they do a great job with the teasers, huh? Yeah. yeah when I see the teasers, I'm like, ooh. I love
1: it. <laughs> 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 it's true. It's really good. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm dying to know about your lamp question, Kate. I was waiting for you to talk about the bowling alley. Oh, <sighs> oh, yes. There's, the there's one alley. in the bowling alley that can. Uh... Oh, is that okay? I'll ask about the bowling alley. <laughs> that was also one of my favorites. It, well, the the bowling alley. Um, just the look of it was like, yeah, it was just. It was so nice to look at the lighting, the decoration, everything. Very different yeah. from your typical that yes. It was nice to see. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to see a bowling alley in Gilead, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. I
3: love it. It's interesting because we all kind of, when we read the script, we all not questioned it, but like, oh, really? Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, that's so weird, you know? Yeah. And um, we struggled to find the right one. First of all, there aren't that many bowling alleys that – aren't like body right now. You know what I mean? Oh, you should come to America. <laughs> <laughs> we needed no, but it's true. We needed something that was a little bit retro, yeah. um, mm-hmm. a little bit smaller. Yeah. And and we needed an exterior. Um and so for the, our locations department that was actually difficult to find. And it ended up mm-hmm. being an hour and a half, almost two hours outside of Toronto. So there was a big mm-hmm. struggle there with production. Wow for because it's a it's like one day scene so it's a very expensive choice again and and you know with the locations department the art department and the directors we always try we we try to stay within you know certain guidelines financial guidelines we don't have a choice but this this bowling alley ended up being of course in the end the production value of it is is amazing yeah And the bowling alley owners um, were really generous. And that's that's the thing we never talk about, actually, is how generous the location's owners are mm, with, yeah. with yeah. film and TV. So anyway, these guys were really generous because we oh, we t- just take over, you know. <laughs> yeah. For two weeks yeah. for the art department, that was a, a 10-day job to, to oh, get wow, that yeah. ready. To, wow. You know. wow, that's a of So time, yeah. they closed down and... You know, it's 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 a big deal, and I'm glad you liked it because it's <laughs> no, it's true. Because there's some sets that I find that I'm scared that we fall into cliches or God, you yeah. know walk this kind of tightrope between mm-hmm. the cliche and yeah. and something that just doesn't look right. So, and that was one of them because we wanted um, it to be a bit of a boy's lair. You know, this boy mm-hmm. that hangs out. So you've got those typical. Things that you always see in movies, like the dartboard, and you know what I mean. Like you, yeah. mm-hmm. That your mind immediately goes to, and then you know you have to to really dive deep into the feel that you want it to have. Anyway, so there's there's those which again seem so easy, and then they're actually the hardest ones to do. I find, mm.
4: yeah,
3: yeah, and and at the same time. It's so absurd to have like a, a living room and a bowling alley. So again, <sighs> it's, it's that weird place where you need uh-huh. to end up visually and the lighting really helps again yeah um, it's great and you know the idea because we had these references um and the idea of having like the twinkle lights and the you know along the along it, it yeah it's, it was a great set
1: we talked to um Eva vives yes and um i think she, did she say it was her idea for the uh disco the ball
3: the disco ball was her idea absolutely yeah, yeah. and it, it was perfect
1: it was a great little um, addition when Jaden decided to use his shine little torch light. and shine it on the disco ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I loved him. That was Absolutely. sad.
1: Oh, we do love him. Yeah. I
2: did spy a uterus lamp in that scene. I feel like this show likes their uterus shaped lamps. Am I? <laughs> was that intentional? No, Okay, it's not. Maybe just more lamps are shaped like uteruses than I realized. I think it's that. I think it's just, <laughs>
3: and, and, and you have a sense of observation that no, yeah, yeah, no, there was no... Um,
2: then what about the one in the end of season three between Serena and Fred's twin beds when they... Had six? conceived <laughs> Noah... I have to say, I
3: don't remember. I remember that location. It was a nice house. I love the outside walk. That was a beautiful house. Oh, oh yeah, oh, that was wow. so nice.
4: Yeah. The lights out there. The woods.
3: Yeah, and the stone. back porch and the woods. And there's some yeah. gorgeous properties.
1: It's memorable. Yeah. Maybe we're just um, looking too far into this. <laughs> That's what's happened at this point. <laughs> sometimes
3: sometimes that, that happens, you know, and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty yeah, of, of TV and cinema, you know, because you... Mm-hmm. Sometimes things are intentional, you know, people put in, we put in like little Easter eggs or, and sometimes mm-hmm. not, but it, the fact mm-hmm. that the audience can dive into it so much to basically
4: see symbols mm-hmm. is great. It's that aren't there. We do yeah. our job. <laughs> Nobody's. I do it. love that now. It's fun finding. There's probably some subconscious stuff sometimes too, right? Like, absolutely. That, that maybe On even the part, people yeah. who are. Right, exactly. That you're not thinking Absolutely. like specifically to do that, but then somebody notices it, and it's like, oh, maybe that was kind of in the back of my mind. There but. could
2: just be like a lower-level employee that really loves uterus lamps. <laughs> That's and also true. <laughs> them <all> <laughs> just
4: keeps getting them from the same store or something. I was thinking about um, when you said the bowling alley had a living room in it. It just reminded me of the Boston globe from um, yes. season two that she's like living there. And so it's like, That's such a cool
2: set too. You have
4: to make it like a living space, but then also an office and <laughs> you have to make a nest. Yeah. They're the hard ones. They're the hardest
3: ones. I think, um, they're fun. They're challenging. I find it's, it's walking that tight rope it, every time. And hopefully we succeed yeah yeah definitely. they were
2: great yeah very memorable yeah the boston globe was very memorable Oh well, yes
3: <laughs> yeah it's a beautiful, beautiful i loved it
2: <laughs> everything in that all right i'm bringing scarlet over Hi, hey, scarlet Hi, Elizabeth. Thanks for talking to us. My
3: pleasure. Thanks for having me, really. (laughs) My question uh, has to
4: do about the artwork that sometimes we see on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious to a few of the art pieces that you've used, specifically the one in episode 409, Progress.
2: At the Magdalena School. Oh! Magdalena School, the Noli Matandere. We made it. The
3: outdoor one? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know, why did you choose that painting or why was that painting used? If there was a reason for it, yeah. It, so that's Saint Madeline, I think, kneeling in front of I guess Jesus. I don't remember it right now, um, but Saint Madeline, I believe, is wearing a red cloak, and so it was imagery of the handmaid kneeling in front of her master, I guess. Okay, and we named the school, uh, and I don't think I'm not sure you see that, but we had actually engraved Santa Magdalena. Um, on the outside of the school we had a sign Hmm. and so it was a way for us to basically we named the school Santa Magdalena after the painting because we wanted the painting okay right okay Um, and it's a place there's a place in between Canada and and uh, Gilead that we call no man's land and and that school is in no man's land Mm -hmm. so And so was the
1: master the master supposed to be uh was that supposed to be like the commanders like thread and things like that? Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Interesting. Oh interesting. Thank you. You're welcome. Now we have Marigold. Elizabeth. Hi. I love the color
0: in your house. Thank you. (laughs) I I painted it recently. My husband was like this color. And I was like, yeah, it's like one of my favorite colors. So beautiful. So my question is, I know you started on the show in season two, yeah. but I was curious about what is your process when like characters move to different spaces? So like for June, she moved from the Waterford house to the Lawrences to Canada and Nick from his you know garage apartment to his commander house. Can you talk about like, does what's going on with the character, does it directly relate to how you design the space for them? Um... Yes, uh, yes
3: and no. So like the command like Commander Lawrence's house is designed around Commander Lawrence. Yeah. And when June was a handmaid, basically the the, the spaces she lives in, other than the Red Center, which is designed for the handmaids, mm-hmm. all the other locations are designed for the characters who inhabit them. Mm-hmm. And basically the handmaid is invisible, um, unimportant in the story, mm-hmm. right? So her passage through time, is through space, I should say. I mean, everything is everything is chosen with the color of her dress in mind. But that's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. a visual, right? So in the story, she's invisible.
1: Mm.
3: When we knew that she was coming to Canada, we decide we we actually talk about this with the DP and the directors and the showrunner, and you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to keep that focus on June uh, color wise? We can't is it it has to be lighting wise. Um, And we had talked about changing the quality of the light as basically the light follows June. She is the light in our story. Mm. I'm not sure. So we have all these conceptual discussions. And then in the end, on the day, things just happen and, and you know, yeah. things change. So since I don't watch, I watch the episodes actually before they air. And mm-hmm. um, and then once they air, I don't watch them again. But I should because I would love to see. I, I, I wonder if that shows, if you watch the show from beginning to end. I wonder if you can, and maybe you guys as the audience can tell me, is that... Evident, or or did we did we fail?
4: No, I think so. I, as I mean, we were noticing, like in season five, like the yellow that she's wearing, like yellow in one scene, and it, it's like she definitely stands out some in some way. that I don't think we would have known. That's why, but you can sense yeah, it. That you can sense it. So that was that was actually Lizzie
3: and and Leslie, and and I was part of that at the beginning when I had more time, like Lizzie. Leslie and I spent a lot of time together in prep. So those three months Mm -hmm. of prep before anyone else arrives, there's a lot of discussion. Then the DP arrives a few, about, I don't know, six weeks before we start shooting. And there's a lot of discussion about how June is going to stand out and and costumes Mm. was a piece here. And I think it's great um, that the costume was at the forefront of of the show this year, because since June's been in that red cloak, I mean, there was the first season where, you know, okay, the costumes were extraordinary, and then the costume is the costume because that's, mm-hmm. you know, and then this year there was a there was real thought put into how June was going to stand out, and they they did succeed. It was developing look, yeah. mm-hmm. and again, it's that it's that tightrope that they walked on between, you know, we know that June is uh, she's a refugee. You know she doesn't have a job like who's paying for all this stuff so we had to think you know, like where does where do they get their clothes you know right. they go to uh, charities it doesn't mean that they dress poorly Au contraire but 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 it mm-hmm. had to be sub it had to be simple yet mm-hmm. special and, yeah. and they yes. it worked
4: I think, I think you guys nailed that for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I love, um, just a shout out to you. I love in the season finale, um, her kitchen, it just looks so much like a normal kitchen. I like that. It wasn't like sterile. It looked like lived in and just like personalized to them. So,
3: yeah, well, thank you. That's, that's really nice to hear. Um, really nice to hear the kitchen is a place where... Sorry. (laughs) No, don't be, don't be. That's wonderful. Um, The kitchen is a place where they spend a lot of time in the show, like in all the sets, and we actually build them a bit bigger than in one's real home. And so it's important, especially this one, you know, set deck set deck is great um, to fill that kitchen and to make it look alive and real that's a big it's a great job from set deck department and props and you know everyone else who's involved yeah
1: thank you i love the addition of the bowl of apples yeah <laughs> in the, since she wanted those apples really badly in episode nine so i like that there was a full yeah, bowl they're there yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah yeah
1: um
0: julia Hi. Hello, Elizabeth. Thank you for taking the time to answer so many questions. Oh, you're welcome. I'm really happy about it. Um, I'm interested in how the sets come to be, and especially what is more challenging or also maybe more enjoyable for you, like changing an existing place like the Wheeler's House to make it fit the narrative or like coming up with it from scratch and building it? And if there is, are there differences in the process of designing these sets?
3: Definitely, definitely different. I think I prefer building from scratch. Um, the process is, yeah, I prefer building from scratch. The process is more inclusive mm-hmm. of different departments because from start to finish, we coordinate with, with all the departments. So, you know, there's a limited amount of things that you can do in a location, right? You, you basically, you have the bones and you fit the story within the location, whereas the set, you fit the set to the story. And so mm-hmm. it, it evolves with the help of the lighting department, you know, where are we going to put the lights? How, you know, which, how are they going to turn this corner? How long do they need to walk? You know, how long does this hallway need to be? Um, Where the windows are, so that the light arrives at the right moment in the right place. How high should we make the ceilings? Do we need one to 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 wild so that we have top shots? You know what are the materials going to be do we want a reflective floor it just it it gives us a world of possibilities to choose from mm-hmm. and so it's a really great process and then the, the work with the set designers who you know sit at their computer all day preparing these sets in its in their minutia you know, mm-hmm. that's a really fun relationship a production designer has with the set designers. You know, a lot of it comes from their ideas too, as set designers. You know, oh, well, let's do it this way. And then there's a conversation about how they need to integrate what I want to see, but they teach me as well, you know oh, well, maybe we should do it this way and it'll be better. And so then it's like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? And so th- there's a dialogue that includes, there's a conversation. Whereas in a in, in a location, it does as well, uh, but it's more limited,
4: mm-hmm.
3: I think. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like in a location, yeah, there's less conversation. I think I tell them what I can do with the location and that's that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah,
0: makes sense. I prefer the sets
3: <laughs> and then the sets. I mean, then, you know, we go to the shop, the construction and paint shop and we see it evolve. We choose the finishes on the walls. Is it going to be, you know, let's add a crack here. Uh, <laughs> let's hmm. make
2: a window there. It's just more, it's just fabulous, really. How big is the space? How many sets do you have built at any given time? We have, well, we had two studios this season basically you have our two main sets
3: the first and the second floor of luke and morris house are in separate uh are separate mm-hmm. um, so those were our two main sets and then we have a rotation of sets the entire time like the barn was up it came right. down the train Yeah. the train was up it came down the commander house where where the handmaid gives birth and dies uh-huh. mm. you know it's up and it's down the hotel room it's up and it's down so we yeah. have you know, a set can be up in the studio for, let's say it takes four weeks to build. It shoots one day, it's Uh. down the next and we move on. Oh, yeah.
2: Is Lawrence's house a set that stays there? Lawrence's
3: house yes yeah. so so last season we had the first and the second floor mm-hmm. this season we got rid of the second floor mm-hmm. after um June left Lenore oh and Eleanor died in okay. June left that we got rid of the second floor and we kept the everything on the first floor except for the kitchen because it jutted out and it was taking too much room in the studio and we needed the mm-hmm. space to build other sets gotcha. so we called Bruce are we going to see the kitchen again no you can get rid of it off it went And we built a set where the kitchen was. Awesome. Wow. That's so interesting.
1: Where do you keep all this stuff? Like, Obviously, Lawrence's. Do you, is it like in a storage unit?
3: <laughs> yeah. So yes. So for example, for next season, um we had to between seasons two and three, they kept the studios. They knew exactly when they were going to come back, mm-hmm. and they kept the st- the sets standing in the studio. Yeah. Some of the furniture is returned because some of the some of it is rented rather than purchased. Oh, right. Yeah. And then, but but when we take the sets down, they go in um, containers. So everything oh, is stored
4: yeah.
2: in
3: containers, labeled, and um, and same thing for set deck. They have a they have I think they have ten containers full mm. to the brim of stuff.
1: I'd love to uh, rummage oh. around in there. I know, <laughs> no. seriously. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah,
3: So would we, because some (laughs) stuff is in the back of the container. It hasn't been seen since season one. Um, I'm sure there's jewels in there.
4: Just open all those containers, like as like a Handmaid's Tale themed amusement park, and let us pay for entry and just
2: (laughs) walk through. That would be so great. Yeah.
0: All right, Rachel. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. How
1: are you doing?
0: I'm really well. How are you? Good. So good. So nice to meet you. Um so my question uh is from the beginning of season 5 in the season 5 premiere Um, Some of us noticed that in Nick's kitchen, it has an A-frame that's reminiscent of his garage apartment. Was that intentional? It was
3: intentional.
0: There's two things intentional
3: in that house when we chose it. There was the A-frame, but there's also the fact that it looks a little bit like, doesn't look like it. It has the feel of the kitchen also in the Waterford house, that kind of cathedral Mm. light where the table was. And it wasn't planned but when we saw the location it was like oh my god this is going to work this is so yeah. oh, and wow. it shows his the progression in his career you know is kind of like the progression in his house so yes yeah good cat awesome yeah thank you well thank you
1: i mean it must be nice when uh, people actually uh, see stuff they yes. put in there
3: yes it really is it really really is and then it's it's funny too when they are you know, because sometimes I don't know if it's on Instagram or, or or whatever, you see these these questions or these comments, and sometimes it's kind of like the uterus lamp. It's like no, 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 but it's great, <laughs> that you know. There's a question to that. It's it's fantastic, and then there's comments like then there's other comments like uh, oh, you know, I don't know why did they do this and. And there's so many you know sometimes there's so many compromises that we have to make you know Mm. financial compromises that you know logistical compromises and and we wish we'd done differently but we had no choice and so you know when the comment that's like it's 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 it's, oh no you want to write back and say but i know yeah
4: (laughs) (laughs) that's right
3: you know yeah it's pretty funny
4: well this is probably a stretch but going off talking about the a-frames we noticed in um, Nicole's bedroom, baby Nicole's bedroom, when mm-hmm. it goes from the crib to the little bed, bed. with mm-hmm. the little arched roof, is that some kind of a connection a to stretch. that too? Or?
3: Okay. That's a stretch. You know what? <laughs> you know, again, it's like, it's a stretch in the sense that it's not intended. Like we don't go out looking for it. Mm-hmm. But it's possible that when you see it, you're like, yeah, that works.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
3: Like as you were saying earlier, subconsciously, it's like, yeah, that works. That That's for them. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, someone just mentioned that last night, and we were like, what? Well, yeah, we were just,
4: like, blowing our minds. <laughs> Probably not true, but
2: that's so cool.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how many details like that you, you leave it. I mean, you intentionally and, and not intentionally, that we can discover, like, later. Absolutely. You know, that we go back and find them, and it's really fun. So. Absolutely. Nicole's room
2: was really adorable. I yeah. love the way you
4: guys designed that room. That was... Cute. I'm glad.
2: Thank you for including Nick Oh yes, <laughs> I was getting nervous. Yeah, no,
3: absolutely. I'm really glad you like it. Like every time I design a set and it comes to life and it's like, I have this moment of pure joy.
4: Yeah. And mm-hmm. then I
3: have this moment of pure insecurity. I'm like, Aww. Aww. oh my God. Like, I hope it works <laughs> like every single time. It's I, I, I kid you not.
2: They all work. Uh, Human nature, I believe that is, because you, you've you crushed everyone. I
0: we'll love see. so many
2: sets in this show. Yeah. Thank you, thing.
0: Okay. Tina. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Tina. My question is it kind of ties into a few sets we've already talked about. Um, we noticed like in the bowling alley and in Nicole's bedroom, and even in I believe, I'm not sure where it was in um Luke and Moira's house, but the use of the string lights. Yes. Was that intentional to was there a reason those were used? Repeatedly, Do they just look nice. You know, we, we like they the look, look.
3: Well, yeah. So they they look nice. I th- the main reason is actually is they look nice. Directors of photography love string lights.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're very pretty. I can understand
3: why. And they request no, but it's true they request them actually. Interesting.
1: Uh-huh.
3: So visually, they look nice for us. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, like for example, the the the, the lights in the you no, know, in Luke and Morris' house where they had that little sunroom and there's the lights. You mean that's yeah. all, that's definite art department choice because that's what it should be so that's what it is mm-hmm. like same thing with nicole's room but there are other places where you know the dps will ask for it um because it's a nice it's a nice way to light an entire space and so yeah i mean i can tell you off the top of my head the places where it was particularly their request oh i can't <laughs> remember in season three I think I don't know if you've seen all the seasons but there was the ball in Gilead we're sort of oh yeah. Fred yeah. Fred, yeah the walls mm-hmm. there or whatever that was beautiful wasn't it yeah so yes so the DP had asked for those um drapes of twinkle lights mm. so we built okay. those on the DP's request
1: I remember seeing a um a still of that um the, the obviously them dancing which I didn't really enjoy that much them dancing but whatever I enjoyed the set (laughs) yeah I enjoyed the set and it was was so beautiful that still like I remember all those screenshots when I was looking through I was just like damn that was yeah, it's very pretty. It's
2: beautiful. Yeah.
3: yeah. We built those chandeliers that we peppered around the room. I actually oh. saw them recently, the chandeliers, and I put them uh, you know, I'll tell you that story after. But basically we ordered these chandeliers. I think they're like seven sticks chandeliers from Amazon or whatever. We ordered 10 of them. Mm-hmm. They're electric chandeliers, right? You plug them into the wall, but we wanted them freestanding in the middle of the space, like between the dancers. So so we um took them apart. We built a base that's about I think it's about 10 inches high for the electrics to put a battery pack in. And so they're battery operated and they're really, really cool. And so um, recently the take five is our, is our Toronto Mm -hmm. in-house producer Mm -hmm. and uh, they're a wonderful company. And they, they just moved into a new place and they asked if I could help kind of design a couple of spaces in their place. And so I borrowed from Handmaid's uh-huh. Tales those chandeliers and I put them in their editing suite. Oh, nice. That's
2: awesome.
3: Can I order one? <laughs> <laughs> Can you ship to Australia? <laughs> actually, we, we actually sent to Australia. Who was it? I think it was Dana Reed. Dana lives in Australia. Oh, yeah. 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 She's actually yeah.
1: from where I'm from. Yeah.
3: Of yeah. 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 So in season three, I think was the first time we worked with Dana and she, asked if we could put, if this was in the Lawrence house, and we I think we discovered the, the dining room in the Lawrence house in season three. And she asked for um, a painting from a, an Australian artist. And I'm really sorry, I forget. But anyway, we so we, we asked oh. for clearance, we got permission. Oh, that's we cool. printed the 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 artwork on a, on a canvas. We put it up and all that. And when she left, we sent it to her. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. yeah,
2: yeah.
3: I forget the name of the artist, but it'll come back to me. I'll I'll put it on the post. Yeah, it's right behind his head when he's um. Or I think June. You know when she's sitting at the table and she's got the gun. Oh
4: yeah, gun yes
0: yes. there. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, looking like a mob boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Great scene. Thank you. Thank
2: you. We have two more. Sarah and one more. Thank you for doing this. We appreciate it.
0: It's my
3: pleasure. I'm actually working today on Fargo. I'm working I'm I'm uh, this is a great
2: way to start my day. Can you say hi to John and Juno for us.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually seen John Hamm, unfortunately. no, uh, no. Too I'm too busy.
1: It's another crossover. John Hamm, Lizzie, Madman. Yep. yep.
2: Small world out there. For real, Sarah. Now. <laughs>
1: Hi sir. so
4: great to meet you uh, and thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to ask you questions so my question is about hannah's white school set what was the thought behind it and um especially the little tents that the girls slept in
3: now there's the uterus uh, there's the uterus so that i love that set do you like that set oh my
1: god it's so
2: good it's so creepy
1: yeah it was beautiful yeah i love, I love the set. white and the um the plum Yes, yeah. yeah. It was beautiful. Great colors. I mean, so it was the
3: idea, of course, of these, it's like a chrysalid, right? It's like these little uh
2: uh-huh, that's what it
3: looks like. Young worms <laughs> budding mm-hmm. into butterflies. Caterpillars, you know? right? I mean that's that yeah. was the theme, right? Um right. and so yeah. Um I don't remember how that all started. I never remember actually how it all starts, but it materializes into this beautiful thing. Um, so we chose this location, the University of Toronto, I think uh, York, the York campus, I'm not sure. There's a huge backstory to why we chose this particular space, but that's neither here nor there at this point because it never, <laughs> never made it onto the show. But in the middle, this was like this is like the entrance hall to one of the one of the buildings at the university. And in the middle, they had this kind of like uh, information desk, which was really a bit of an eyesore. And and when we first chose the location, the university said we couldn't remove it. And I was like, oh shit, what are we gonna do? And so we decided originally we were like, oh, we're gonna build a podium above this desk and that's where the ant's gonna sit. And uh, that was yeah. that was like a logistical reason for that to start out. It was like this thing is in our way. <laughs> are we gonna live with it? I was like, okay, this is where we're gonna we're gonna use it. Right. Often that happens. I mean, that's, you know, people say, oh, how did you come up with that? Sometimes it's like I've got a problem (laughs) in my way. So I need to I need to find a way to integrate it into the design.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: When you're on location, that happens a lot. Mm So anyway, finally, in the end, we we were allowed to remove the the thing. And so, but then our concept was was already designed and, it, and <laughs> everyone bought into it. And it was so beautiful that we decided to keep it anyway. So that's one piece. I love that. And it was also an opportunity to, you know, to ground the room, to center the room, to put the, it was such a huge room, to put the, the handmade, you know, kind of rocking and watching um, almost like a prison, right? With a guard. Yeah, yeah. of you know keeping an eye and that was my concept brilliant yeah and then the and then the girls being in the pods i mean yeah it was it was that that was the concept you know butterflies Mm
4: -hmm. they were being
3: groomed um yeah you know one day they would be ready to procreate Ah. uterus wise (laughs) at the back of the tent so the tent is shaped or the tent the the pod is shaped you know there's that dome shade it ends in the peak and if you'll notice, the, the, the dentelle, the uh, lace uh-huh. that covers the tent has this design in it. And there's a there's two things. So we, we built in the, um, the symbol uh-huh. into the, into the um, iron rods, right? We built mm. it in the And then we sewed the drapes, the, the, the lace, so that right down the middle of the symbol, there's this flower. And so it's the, mm. it's basically the flower in the uterus. Mm.
4: Wow. That is so impressive. I missed
1: the real Very uterus. Cool. Yeah. You have that. to go back and see. I'm going to. <laughs> yes, we are. Thank you so much. We'll have to uh, make a few posts after this interview so we can a uh, uterus show them, them all. And get ready.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to go. I'll go and uh, yeah, I'll find the, um, the drawings. I have them in here on my computer.
2: We know. would love
3: that. I love that.
4: Yes, part. we would love that. Do you do all those drawings um, yourself? Or you Myself, have...
3: no, no time. Okay. No, there's there's definitely no time. Um, we have on the show six people drawing, and we have an illustrator. We have oh no, there's it's just it's nonstop from seven in the morning to seven at night every single day. Wow, these people draw.
4: Yeah, they should they should put out a book of all the drawings at the end. Yeah, so it would be amazing. Books, you okay. yeah.
3: Well, you know, we thought about it. Um, we've thought about it now two years in a row to to kind of get a coffee table book type thing going yes. um, and the project started twice and then we run out oh. of time. we have no yeah. time yeah. And, yeah. and then by the time we have time it's the end of the show and everyone just goes home and it's like right, you know, right. they're over yeah. <laughs> yeah
4: need a break after season six you can do like a <laughs> of all the show or something yeah
2: hopefully well we're here with our money waiting when you're ready to do it all right yes <laughs> I'll try. i'll keep trying Ginger, go
1: ahead. Hi, Elizabeth. It's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, So one of my favorite parts of the show is just the attention to detail. Like, I think you all do a phenomenal job at, you know, putting those little Easter eggs in and just the details just, I don't know, it makes it richer to watch. And I love that. So what I was wondering is, like, who decides that sort of detail? Is it like you and your team or is it the directors or Bruce or everybody? And like, who do they kind of give you like carte blanche to make your, those kind of choices, as far as what you put in. And then as far as like the Easter eggs, is that who's, who's involved in all those decisions?
3: Well, you're going to have to give me an example of an Easter egg. Um, I'm lucky. I have carte blanche on what I do. You know, on a lot of shows, everything has to go by the showrunner, and the showrunner, you know, will choose, like, I don't know, everything, like, uh, or most things. Um, But on Mm -hmm. Handmaid's Tale, Bruce has this very hands-off, very generous hands-off, I've hired you because you're the best at what you do,
0: Mm -hmm. and...
3: Well, and, and not me, not only me, I mean, the DPs and the costume and everyone is like, you guys are the pros.
1: Yeah.
3: So unless it's like really, really specific, what I'll do, for example, mm-hmm. is I will ask, you know, we decided we needed a symbol for the wife school. So with the graphic artists, they, you know, we worked on a couple symbols. We had like, I don't know, 10 choices. I whittled it down to three and I sent them to Bruce. I said, do you like any of these? And he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that one. And so that's what we used. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have to, but I did. Like, I feel like there's there certain elements that yeah. that a showrunner needs to be um, on board with or anyway. So he trusts us with most everything. As for the Easter eggs, it kind of depends. I mean, some of them come from us. Like we get all excited about something and then we <laughs> stick it in our department. I mean, some of them come from conversation with the directors or the DPs. It's kind of like, it's very organic in that sense most of us have been on the show together yeah. for for 4 years now right um the the crew it probably makes a difference i would think it makes it's just, a huge difference yeah. it makes a huge difference um it's like right now i'm on i'm on fargo for and you know i was here on season 2 and 3 and like the picture car guy said, we have this scene in a, in front of a pawn shop and this other car comes in and, and the picture car uh, coordinator said, oh, well, I still have Ray's car from season mm. three. Uh, we could put it in there. And so he asked, he suggested that to Noah and Noah was like, oh my God, what a great idea. So the car's going to be there, you know? So it's that kind of like, that's the, that's the beauty of movie making, is that mm-hmm. collegiality and uh, yeah, that's it. So, yeah. That's
1: it <laughs> i love that thank you because we noticed that um serena's hospital room after she gave birth was room 211 which 211 is the episode where june gave birth to uh nicole oh yes
3: see so that wasn't my idea i don't remember whose whose it was and i think it might have been the graphic our graphics designer or like our key is Sean Schofield and Mm -hmm. he's been on the show he's actually the longest standing member on the show he's been there he was there in season one before we were before I was Mm -hmm. and often he'll come up with something because he remembers Mm -hmm. you know I love that I don't remember who came up with that one but that's cool though nice touch no thank you We,
1: we appreciate those details thank you when we uh talked to Bruce he was saying that um I can't remember what season it was but someone, um, one of the painters called him and said, um, uh, you know, I don't think people in Gilead would want to use this toxic, you know, this toxic red paint. And like, you know, I'm going to try and make it look more like run down and stuff like that. So that was really interesting.
3: That is interesting. I don't, I don't actually know that story, but It's funny because we did, there was this, you remember in season two, there was the, um, the colonies. Oh, Mm -hmm. amazing.
1: Yeah. Amazing.
3: So it was amazing. Actually it was beautiful. That was my first, because in season two, when I arrived, I was, I actually was replacing a guy named Mark White. Mm -hmm. So season before season two, I was actually doing Fargo season three Mm -hmm. and Warren asked me to do season two and I I I said I can't I have to go home um (laughs) and so I went home and Mark White started the show and then um left the show that and so I I was it was three months in and Warren called me he said have you had enough time at home yet (laughs) (laughs) could you come (laughs) and so I came right and uh so that's when I started and um The Colonies was my first, you know, big Damn. Big, wow. Wow. Yeah. It's so cool. So one of the things on The Colonies is that we we were in this, you know, in this pit and it was surrounded by quite healthy pine trees. That won't do. That won't. Do. <laughs> and our director uh whose name is Mike Barker, he's a crazy British guy who we we love yeah. um he has this thing that you know he thinks that you can just cut down a tree and so he was like <laughs> oh you know let's let's get rid of those trees or he he on and on that one he wanted us to paint the trees brown so that they <laughs> <wouldn't>... <laughs> We're like oh. oh we we can't do that in Canada like this is not <laughs> <laughs> so our um our paint coordinator actually they devised this um this concoction with um, with some natural dyes. And they and they did spray the trees, but with a
2: non-toxic with something that wouldn't hurt them. Yeah. Wow. That's so yeah. interesting. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have to
4: go back and actually think about that now. That's really cool.
2: Yeah. It was such a great desolate landscape. Yeah, it was yeah. beautiful, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now that was a great coordination with the special
3: effects department because there were those rivulets in the in the um, quarry. Mm -hmm. And so they had pipes perforated pipes coming down the rivulets to that that had the steam coming out of them to look like that toxic yeah yeah it was great amazing it's a great show for just learning all sorts of fun
2: stuff you have such a cool job well done I do it's the best (laughs) well I'm sorry we kept you so long but we really really appreciate your time Oh, well, thank you. Oh, yeah, I've got to go work. Be generous with me. Yeah.
1: What time do you have to work?
3: <laughs> oh, I had to work uh, earlier, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> all I have to do, it's the great thing about, you know, all I have to do, we're, we we we're, Monday is our first day of camera on this block. So mm-hmm. we have, um I have people dressing sets and I just have to go back and make sure that they, they don't the way they. It looks the way it's supposed to look and
2: yeah. What episodes are you doing? Are we allowed to know that now or we're doing uh three and four. I'm doing three so and Those four. are yours. We'll pay special attention to the sets on those. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Great All right, set. thank you so much. Well, well, thank, thank you so you. much.
4: So much.
3: My pleasure. Have a good day. It's nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.